Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I am your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and I have a really unique episode for you today. Uh, as you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, I talk a lot about herbs and natural alternatives to pharmaceuticals and all that kind of stuff. But if you've been with me a while, especially through the last few fun years of the uh, pandemic, uh, you know that I also love to talk about health freedom and the liberty that I believe is our God-given right to protect our bodies the way that we see fit. And my guest today is an interesting one. I've had some pretty big names in this medical freedom fight on the show. I've had Dr. Peter McCullough on and Dale Bigtree and quite a few folks like like these guys. This is a guy you probably haven't heard of. I don't know. I just met him for the first time last weekend at Be Healthy Utah and uh, didn't know who he was, but we had a mutual friend in Kristen Chevrier, and any friend of Kristen's is probably a pretty good candidate to be a friend of mine. So that uh, sparked a little conversation. I sat and talked with with this gentleman and his wife at Be Healthy Utah and had a wonderful conversation and realized after just a few minutes that this story and his voice need to be heard. And since I have this platform, that's what we're going to do today. So I uh, sometimes... The way this goes, just to kind of open up the curtain a little bit, you can see the way I do these podcasts. Whenever I have an interview, I have kind of a bit of a preconceived idea of what I'd like to get out of the interview, you know, what information I'd like to try and extract from the person I'm interviewing and what I think will be valuable to you as a listener to the show. And so I normally spend 5, 10, 15 minutes with my guest prior to hitting record just to kind of see if we're all lined up on what we want to talk about. And uh, in this case, I asked my guest, I said, hey, uh, what do you, you know, why do you want to be on the show? What is it that you're actually wanting to get across to people? Um, I love your story. I want to understand your story. I want to understand more about it. But what do you want to get out there? And that opened up a bit of a dialogue, and we spent longer than we'll probably record just getting to know each other. And I love this gentleman. He is absolutely a warrior, and he is on the side of God and truth, in my opinion. And I am so excited to share his message with you. Before we do that, I have to remind you that Vitality Radio is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful and VitalityNutrition.com. If you're looking for a place where you can ask the hard questions and get the answers that you need when it comes to your health and nutrition needs, of course, Vitality Radio in conjunction with Vitality Nutrition, I believe is the best place for you to go. And we'd love to help you with whatever you're dealing with. Today, we're going to talk about health freedom with Grayson Glass. Grayson, welcome to Vitality Radio. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is uh, this is an exciting topic. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing because I had a lot of these kind of conversations in 21 and 22 you know, not as much in 23. And I think that we need to keep 
stoking this flame a little bit because as things kind of go back to quote unquote normal, uh, maybe a lot of us are becoming a little complacent when it comes to uh, what's happening around us, what's happening at the federal level, what's happening at the state and local level when it comes to our health and our freedom when it comes to what we put in our bodies or don't put in our bodies. Tell us a little bit about your background and you know what you've done with your career up to this point. We'll start there, and then let's talk about your story. Yeah. Uh, so my background, a 10-year combat veteran, multiple deployments, uh, most recent deployment in 21, which was the height of the pandemic, which really kicks off this whole journey. Um, that was many, many months before um, uh, the mandates. And uh, I have a family full of health freedom uh, individuals. Uh, dad retired, city uh, Sacramento firefighter, hazmat guy, you know, guru when it comes to hazmat. My mom's an ER, you know, retired ER nurse, hospice nurse. Uh, brother is in the Navy corpsman. So um, the fights are different in the sense of branches. So, um, you know, that, that, you know, stokes the fire a little bit just cause I have a younger brother that's also serving currently. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a journey. Um, I wasn't always a firefighter. I was logistics around the world. And so that opened up my eyes to even more, uh, than most people. For example, I was in Poland in 2015 when Crimea, uh, fell. And so there's some insight on how everything's going current day. Um, and also, you know, my background and, uh, studying Homeland security for a master's program that really opened up my eyes. Cause you just start, I'm, I'm able to put application to experience, to research behind the scenes. Why are we, why are we doing this? Why are we there? So, um, between family and your own person, my own personal journey, um, it's been, it's been a ride and I have all the support in the world with my wife, you know, she still butts up with me, so that's that's always a good start. Um, well, and I so had a yeah, pleasure, the pleasure to meet your wife, and she seems like a fantastic woman. So, I uh, of course she started out by telling me how much she loved my show, and I think everybody that loves my show is fantastic. But uh, yeah. <laughs> aside from that, she was clearly a a wonderful woman. You've got three children, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so they range and, from four to fifteen. So I get all sorts of moods throughout the day, um, <laughs> uh, just depending on the needs. Um, so, but yeah, they're they're the reason why I'm here because uh, we're trying to give them the best life forward and carry that torch of liberty. Well, based on our conversation prior to recording, it has indeed been a fight for you. So let's talk about this, though, because uh, obviously most of the people listening aren't familiar with your fight and what you're even referring to. We've talked about medical freedom a little bit. Uh, being a military guy during the pandemic had to have been quite a unique experience, particularly for someone who was questioning some of what was going on when it comes to what you were being told uh, about it. So talk to us a little bit about how all that started, uh, what your position was, and why you started fighting. Yeah. Um, so I was in February of 2020. I happened to be in a two-week course for Hazmat Technician School. In that, we go over N95 masks, what they're rated at, and all this, the 0.05 microns that, you know, the size of the particles and um, 
how to defuse tanks, you know, railroad tanks and, you know, the, all the, everything that goes into hazmat that you see in the movies. Right. So that's February, 2020. Well, lockdown happened in March of 2020. And I think late April, they said, start using masks. Well, <laughs> I just had a very quick, uh, synopsis. Like, wait a minute, that doesn't even already from the get go. I was like, I just had this class on what the oxygen exchange is. And the amount of uh, exchanges you're exhibiting um, 4% carbon dioxide when you exhale, just, you know, Mm -hmm. science, right? So, um, and in the atmosphere, it's 0.04. So I already knew you're increasing 100% carbon dioxide in just your little, you know, muzzle, you know, your face diaper. Right. So, um, and so it just, I already knew. And then I happened to have a dad, uh, my father, um, is retired Sacramento city fire and hazmat and, um, he's worked for FEMA and, and he's very knowledgeable on mass, uh, just from his experience post nine 11 and everything that goes along with all his training. Um, and I also have a mom that was in the ER for many, many years. So a big training hospital. So between the two of them, they're like, we don't wear masks, even with the flu, you know, we put it on the patient. So I was fortunate enough to, uh, not only have the warrior ethos per se in the military, but I also had parents that I could say, Hey, I'm raising the BS flag on this. Can you help me? You know, and I'm being cornered Mm -hmm. to do this from the government. Um, and it doesn't jive with training my, my experience and then my family's experience. And so it, it put in perspective really quick. Say, this is, this isn't just two weeks of stay home, you know, to have the hospitals catch up, you know, it's not, it's not that at all. And then it went from gradual, the phases of psychological warfare, right? They start, you know, fear, and then they gradually, they do this emotional roller coaster for you, you know, to, to make you more scared. Um, and with my background and, and just the people I know within the military and deployed and, and, um, it, it just didn't jive, nothing felt right. And so, um, and for it to extend and keep extending and keep extending, it just didn't make sense. It didn't, none whatsoever. In the early going, if I understand, the first question in your mind was, what's the deal with the masks? It doesn't, you know, the science doesn't back the use, right? Yes. Um, And so that was the first thing. So then did you raise a fuss about that? Uh, Actually, I did because we were told we couldn't even uh, hang out in the break room with our other firefighters. We couldn't do training. We couldn't be near each other. So if I'm supposed to go for 48 hours on shift and I'm not supposed to talk with anyone, I have to wear a mask the minute I leave, you know, the bedroom. Right. You know what I mean? Like that I'm supposed to be 48 hours in there until I get a call. Wait, we jump in the engine (laughs) (laughs) all together. I, I, I did. You're making stuff up. So just nothing ever. And then we had a little, there's a little, cue card. And when we look, when I first found out and I looked at this little cue card and I was like, the flu, someone has a really bad cold. Like, which one is it? (laughs) Like it just, it just nothing. And so that whole first year 
Um, you know, you keep getting all these updates and everything. And then the propaganda started coming in about the shot coming out. Then you start hearing, Hey, okay. So normal operating. Hey, yeah, we got to jump through some hoops, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't a big deal on the civilian side. I was just getting back into the reserves and I had to fight for that one. So that was, that's we didn't even talk about that fight. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't my first rumble with authority as far as what is legal. And then, um, I also mm-hmm. knew about that once I kind of was weirded out about the mass, I looked up what the FDA EUA was and I learned out what an EUA was emergency use authorization. And so that the FDA approval mm-hmm. and the CDC was using the FDA's approval for emergency use authorizations for cloth mass. And then I just asked my dad and my dad was like, that's not OSHA approved. <laughs> like yeah. there's no, there's no way that's approved. So a cloth mask to stop, you know, bacteria. Well, you're creating bacteria in your mask. Basically, it sounds like then from right from the start, you're thinking this is pretty fishy. I mean, what you said kind of cracked me up when you said, wait a minute, you're making stuff up (laughs) because I remember feeling that same way. It's like none of this makes any sense. I don't understand if there really is this killer virus that's roaming around and people are dropping like flies and the you know emergency rooms are overflowing and all this other stuff then yeah it's a real problem but why are they giving us i remember three years ago uh talking about this on vitality radio why are they giving us these like weird preschool measures on how to prevent it you know oh you know stay six feet apart and wear a cloth mask and and wash your hands when we could be talking about so many things that could enhance our immune systems and instead, we're talking about isolating, getting away from people, which is not the way that we actually build immunity. We're doing all these things that are so backwards and so simple, so simple that they make no sense at all. Like what you said, it's like they were just making stuff up. And you mentioned psychological warfare. It certainly felt like that to me. And I know I was called out in pl- plenty of places for talking about the propaganda and the psychological warfare and all this stuff back then. But to people who had a little bit of awareness uh, about how all this stuff works, who've spent a lot of time studying these things, you know, you have a completely different background from me, but you've got the hazmat background, you got the military background, you got the firefighter background, you got your mom, your dad, and all this other stuff. It's It was fascinating when we were having our conversation prior to this recording, how, you know, I feel like we came from two very, very different places, but saw pretty much all the same holes in the story. And so you're sitting there in the military, and I've never spent one day in the military. Uh, my dad was an Air Force guy, but that's the closest I ever got. And But my experience has been, or, or, or not my experience, my, uh, uh, what's the word, my perception, I guess, about military is that it's about following orders and essentially you know, staying in line and listening to your commander or whatever else. So you get all these things coming down, these mandates for masks, and then they're starting to talk about the, you know, the vaccine rollout. And of course, we were told early on that uh, the people that uh, would be pushed to the front of the line would be people in medicine and people in the military and, and teachers and things like this, right? Um, and, and as if that was some sort of a blessing for those people. But regardless, you're on the front lines there where you're going to be one of the first ones that has the opportunity to take the jab. What were you seeing then? What, what were you thinking when you started hearing all this stuff? Why did it not sit right with you? Uh, first and foremost, 
individual liberty is where we where we stand as a as a country, right? So having that knowledge of why I joined at 24 years old was, you know, um, one, it's a team aspect, right? I came from collegiate sports and it's just a team aspect to it all. The other part is, is the constitution affords us the ability to make our own decisions. And I already did not sit well with California's rule on all children should be 100% vaccinated after my child was, you know, has had issues with vaccines. Mm. So prior to, you know, 2016 is when my own two and a half year old at the time was, it was having reactions, you know, and, and severe reactions. So you start going down the rabbit hole of what's in these shots and you're like, whoa, whoa, you know, you just, and then when you look in 1986, you can't sue big pharma. So I knew from the get go, like, oh, geez. We've been poisoned, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I don't know a veteran that doesn't have stomach problems. Well, you can, it, if you, you look down the line of different vaccines, they cause gastrointestinal issues. Yeah. And nobody gets more jabs than the military, right? Right. <clears throat> yeah. Right. So and um, so anyway, so that that was preem that was pre COVID. Right that my own son was having problems. So then there's this whole investment into, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, you lied about this and this and this, and you can't sue Big Pharma. They barely pay out if you get injured. Uh, So I already kind of had this idea of, at the time I wasn't for all, I wasn't against all vaccines. I was more or less very careful in distinguishing which vaccines are necessary. Does that make sense? Uh So there was this transition. Yeah. And so 2019, 2020, you know, you start getting into this buildup of, of, you know, the Trump mania, you know, like, yo, geez, you know, the whole political atmosphere was, Mm -hmm. was rough in California. Um, and so you're just seeing this just transition. And so I was like, this just doesn't seem right. And I was like, I happened to one of my buddies I deployed with, uh, he had mentioned, he's like, oh, it's just psychological warfare. Like it was nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And he's, you know, he's deployed with a bunch of units, logi- logistics, and you just, you start, you see things and you're just sure. like, oh, you're not wrong. And it was just a, you know, oh, no big deal. It's psychological warfare. <laughs> so he's just, so that, it's just part of the, part of how it is. It's how yeah. And yeah. And so when 2020 happened and I just gotten done with hazmat technician school and just the mass alone. And, you know, and then you start digging into how much is a uh, respiratory. Well, it's 0.01 to 0.03 microns, you know, when you spit or talk, mm-hmm. it's not. And then the N95 is rated to 0.05. So wait a minute. Ah, none of this is. So, yeah, and that's right before I deployed in January of 21. Yeah. So um, that's when it really heated up. Okay. So then you deployed. And uh, tell us kind of how that went. So our deployment training was supposed to start in December of 2020. It got canceled completely because someone tested positive at the schoolhouse. Okay. At all three schoolhouses. So I'm taking brand new airmen to a deployed location who have pretty much never left home. Hmm. Do you think that's good for our troops? (laughs) So you're telling me I'm going into a location and our location is a forward operating base. So... Been, never been away from home, never, 
never really had in the reserves. They've only known the reserves. So they weren't active duty. So, the, you know, the weakened warrior mindset was pretty solidified and us veterans to know that, you know, you, you only know the weekends, you only put on the uniform over the weekend. So that's all they ever knew. Right. And so there's a, there's different mentality. Uh, and they just thought, Oh, I'm just happy to be here. And I'm like, dude, we don't like, I don't know what to expect because I don't know if I can trust you. And that's, everything's built off trust. And so it was just a fascinating thing to just say, Hey, all training's done. All. Yeah. We're supposed to carry guns. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So th- th- that's another one of those things though, that where you look at it and you think on the one hand, it, it, you know, maybe it could make sense that we're isolating and all this stuff, but then if it makes sense in this position, wouldn't it also make sense in that position? Right. So like right. we can't train together, but we can go into a forward operating base together. Right. And somehow one of them's safe and the other one's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, make logic of it. Yeah. Right. So then you start to dig around in this and it happened over and over and over and over again during yes. COVID that what was coming out of the mouth was so incredibly illogical. It was almost hard to, make heads or tails of it. I mean, I'll always remember, we talked about this before we hit record, but I don't want people to forget this stuff. I'll always remember the first time I walked into a grocery store and there were arrows pointing the direction I could walk in an aisle because somehow if I was walking one direction and everybody else was walking in that direction, then we would be safe. But if I was walking the opposite direction, then somehow I was threatening the life of the people walking towards me. And this happened. This happened in America. Yeah. yeah. And yet people went along with it. Not only did people go along with it, they enforced it. They helped to enforce it, right? You get these dirty looks. I mean, I, I'll just be honest with you. I'm a bit of a rebel at heart. I walked the opposite direction every single time. That's how mm-hmm. I was going to shop in the grocery store during COVID. Well, I, got, I got threatened at the grocery <laughs> store. And my wife had to have a heart, heart to heart with me and say, hey, can you not do that with the kids? Because I had someone come up to me and in Lompoc, California, this mm-hmm. little coastal town, and they straight up says, you're going to kill someone without a mask. And I had, and he went and got the manager and the manager said something. And this is 2020. Yeah. And I said, I have a medical exemption. Mm-hmm. That's literally just what came to my mind. Okay. And he's like, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, no big deal. I was like, so I just went about my business, but my wife was like, can you please not, these are some crazy people going on. Yeah. And and I was like, and I just don't care. Like, so for my wife's sake, I had, okay, I'll, I'll wear it below my chin today. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so you play the game, you know, just to go get some groceries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just disheartening to see the, uh, the sheep. I don't know how else to say it yeah. is like, whoa, did you not forget what people died for? And that's where I get, I get emotional about it is, you know, that you you, you only need to see one casket to change your perception when you're overseas. You know, what did they die for? Right. Like, what was this whole experiment for? And so that's that's the premise of you start with the mass, the two weeks. Okay, I'll give you two weeks, maybe a month to make sure the hospitals are up and running. You know, if this is truly, truly, oh, man, this is going to come and hit us hard. Mm-hmm. But that never transpired. No. Once, once after 30 days, you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done staying in my house. I'm done trying to find toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, 
Um, and California is a different beast altogether. It was like, it was the, you know, some of us that were in the, in the fire service, like, man, the sheep are really going crazy over this. Mm-hmm. Like, but you can't not do it because the public sees you, you know? So when you go see a patient, they're still saying, Oh, you need to wear a mask. And I was like, why? It doesn't make any logical sense, and especially in open air. Right. You know, the patient's outside. Yeah. It's like less safe to wear one than to not wear one if you look at right. the actual data right right yeah right yeah so, so so december happened and then uh next thing you know i'm quarantined for 25 days before deployment never seen a doctor uh someone tried committing suicide the floor below me uh, i got one hour because it was winter on the east coast i was out of mcguire air force base they had a full staff. They put people on orders, reservists on orders to make sure we were in line in the hotel. Walking up and down the hallways. Hmm. And then there, I remember the chief saying, basically, you have a good, you know, this isn't prison. And I was like, says who? <laughs> it's not freedom. <laughs> like, I can't go. To, I, I could literally see the gas station to go get some gummy bears if I wanted to, and right. I can't leave. Right. And then they had this preemptive like track that you can go walk in the middle of winter, mind you. So it was cold yeah. in the East Coast. And then they said, oh, yeah, you get one. Oh, and then there's some days they're like, nah, it's too cold. You can't go out. So I never, never left the room. So you're talking about deficiency in vitamin D. Mm-hmm. You start going down that road and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, <laughs> this isn't good for my health. Right. Uh, and I can't even talk to my teammates across the hall. I got in trouble. I don't know how many times. And then I had knock on the door where I had officer and the chief saying, hey, I heard you're, you're questioning uh, all this because I was like, yeah, you're saying we have to stay in for 14 days and CDC changed over a month ago to 10 days. So yeah, I have a problem. And I'm mm-hmm. an E5 staff sergeant. <laughs> I'm not an officer. Right. But they're like, oh, you know, that's just in case you get test positive. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, we already know. And by that time, you already hear about the false positives. Right. So twenty January 21, you hear about all the false positives and all this stuff. And so you're just, you start collecting data in your head and you're just like, man, BS flag, BS flag. And they're just following orders. I keep hearing it nonstop, just following orders, just following orders. Well, I started doing digging. So you leave me alone for 25 days. I'm going to dig. <laughs> so I found out emergency use authorization. I found out, I started listening. I heard David, Dr. David Martin talk. Um, you know, he has a couple lawsuits and he's the one that brought up, uh, um, you know, 21 U S code. So I learned from him, uh, also 18 U S code two, three, three, one subsection eight Oh two, which is coercion, which falls under domestic terrorism. Can't make up the law. Right. So anyways, my, my team lead said, glass, stop. Like, just let's get there. Let's just get there. Well, it got worse. So we leave 22 days there. We end up landing, deploy, uh, everyone in the building. We deploy out of New Jersey. We fly across the world and we get there and they put in, in a Connex box, four people who I've never seen before into one box for three days. And we have to test twice. Like, what? Yeah. I thought we just quarantined for 22 days. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Again, like, no logical sense, right? No. 
And uh, so anyways, it just, you know, you're, you're dodging and weaving all this bureaucracy to just following orders to, then I started looking into AFI 48-110. So Air Force Instructions 48-110 clearly define that you must be prior to any vaccination be tested for pre-existing immunity. Page one, bullet four. Then I started going down the rabbit hole and I started looking up and you start realizing in that same AFI that for bargaining units, civilians have to follow this and it's only between your supervisor and HR on exemptions. So then I was like, okay, because I eventually I have to come out of the reserves and I'm going back in the civilian workforce because I can see the writing on the wall. And uh, yeah, so I had about 30 days of just research, 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 and talking to my parents, talking to my, I'm driving my wife mad because I'm like, I'm going stir crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, it's one thing if you did something wrong, I never once saw a doctor. So you're declaring I'm a threat without even any documentation. So I don't understand any of this. And from what I, I don't know where I heard this from. It might've been from my parents. I don't know. But when Ebola kicked off, my dad was one of the task force for Ebola and stuff. And basically from where I heard it from, and, and I haven't been told wrong, uh, no yet, is that in order to remove your due process, your fifth amendment, you have to basically declare that you're a threat to society. Well, your supervisor is not your doctor. So how can they invoke a medical intervention, which quarantine is a medical intervention testing is a medical intervention so no one's told me no yet so unless there's a lawyer out there that can just define but you can have your due process removed temporarily for by a judge okay and that's where i stood firm i was like you're not my doctor send a doctor up here and then i'll stay in here you know mm-hmm. remove my due process but no one would do it Interesting. Okay. So then you're, you're deployed, you Mm -hmm. go through this quarantine and all this other stuff. Uh, sorry, timeframe again, when was that? So January, end of January, January 24th, I believe. And I finally arrived in country around February. Oh, I got released from prison, uh, (laughs) around February 16th of 21 of 21. Okay. So that's smack in the middle of the rollouts for yep. the, the jabs, right? The jabs, Okay, yep. so what's what's happening? What are you hearing about the vaccines at that point? And what, what are your, what's your thought process on it at that point? So I actually thought for a second, um, no one, because when we first got there, I didn't hear about vaccines. Because I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would you experiment on, right? No mandates. Why would you experiment in a Ford operating base or a deployed location in general? Mm-hmm. There's no level one trauma center. There's nothing to do extensive care. Like, you, you know, you start wrapping your head, like, where's right. the logistics in this? And because I used to work logistics, I looked at the airplanes. I was like, well, that ain't going to go far. <laughs> I used to load those things, you know, the C-130s. I was like, you're going to have to refuel that a few times before you ever get to Germany. Hmm. That's the only thing logical I could think of. But I'm in East Africa. I'm nowhere near anything yeah, except trash. Yeah. Like legitimately burning trash. So burn pits, you know, you're, you're being exposed to burn pits and you're asked to wear a mask around everywhere, a cloth mask. What? Yeah. So, um, nothing right away, 
But then we started getting more into closer to summertime. And next thing you know, it started, the clipboard started coming out the, our, at our forward operating base, the dock, the air force dock was like, Hey, he had a clipboard out in front of the chow hall and just basically stating, uh, Hey, you're going to get the shot. And he had his assistant, you know, his med tech with him and enlisted. And you're walking down the line in front of everyone declaring whether or not you're going to get a shot or not. Mm-hmm. And then what it really kicked off for me where I knew things were going south quickly was when the doctor said, well, they're safe and effective. You know, guys are, you know, some guys that were hesitant. Well, it's safe and effective, safe and effective. So the same narrative in our Ford operating base is being on the news that you see, at, you know, the green bean coffee shop that we go to, you know. I was like, wait a minute, he's spitting the same line, exactly the same. That's propaganda. Then I was like, wait a minute, I already know medical freedom. You can't be discussing medical interventions out in the public. You can't. It's against your Hippocratic Oath and, you know, your Privacy Act, uh, your, your HIPAA violations. It just it hits every ethical violation. Right. And then all of a sudden, one of my troops who still, he got, he decided to get back in. He said, Hey, there's five stages to a vaccine and we're only in stage one. And I was like, Hey, good for you, dude. Like, cool. You know, and out of 22 of us, he's one of the three that came back on without a shot, but he was worried too. Like, Hey, what do I do? He's young. Um, and clearly I have no problem telling him off. (laughs) And, um, so he's following me and, Um, that's when one of the, one of the times we go to the chow hall, the doc says, Hey, you could kill someone if you don't get it. And he looked at me and look, we looked at each other and we're just like, did he really just say that? Next thing you know, investor inspector general happened. And next thing you know, that he stopped asking at the chow hall. So someone else brought it up. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, but that's, that's our fuel doc pushing it. You know, one thing I did ask him was like, hey, where's the closest level one trauma center? He had no idea. He said, maybe Germany. Wow. That was my interaction with him. I was like, uh, and so, and then the, the, everyone was waiting for the J&J. So Moderna happened. They kept hearing about other people having chest, chest problems post Moderna first and second shot. I know someone that personally got it and had some issues also, you know, once the J and J rolled out, my entire fire department crashed. Everyone was super, super tired, Fe- low grade fevers. And they're like, they, they kept saying, Oh, that's normal. That's normal. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. Not normal. Right. And then I, then I started looking into, I happened to hear it on, I don't know if it was Pam Popper on make Americans free again. Um, she's been suing. She's, a great, she's a lot like you as far as, you know, there's other remedies outside of big pharma. Right. And she called it just like you in 2020. Hey, this is, and she's a big history nut on, uh, Germany, you know, world war two. Okay. So there's a lot, she can relate correlation from 1930s to now to 1940s and, and she can see the correlation. So she, uh, I think I heard it from her. I couldn't remember exactly, but it was essentially, um, shedding. You can be shedded on. I had no idea what shedding was and I got super sick. Now I'm grateful for it, but luckily it was two on two off. So I was able to hide in my room and not get tested. And I, I didn't seek medical care. My wife was so worried about me because I just got, a, I got this 
quick fever and just stomach pains and just everything. And now what I know is I was shedded on. Yeah. The, you know, it's in the NIH, it's in the FDA records of shedding. So once you get vaccinated, you shed on people. Yep. And, um, I was like, Whoa, I, you know, it just, that is when really I started exploding. Like this is, this is fraud. Like this is, they're, they're doing this on a grand scale. And so I just, just with experience and just with family, it just kind of turned into something more than I thought. Yeah. Well, I think that that was all of us. Uh, I, I, I don't, imagine and it's it's hard to you know kind of looking back on it seeing what we can see now versus what we could see then and um being inundated with all of the propaganda at the time it's uh it's hard to look back on it and try and see uh, you know kind of what the grand scale of all this was going to potentially look like but right. as everything continued to roll forward and then all of a sudden Biden's on the news saying you know, we're going to mandate mandate employers that have, you know, over this many employees, they all have to get it. And, and this is for the good of the country. And we're going to save lives. And we're going to have a what was it a winter of uh, death and yeah. disease and death, you know, for the unvaccinated. And this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated and blah, 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 over and over and over again. With all of that happening, there were some of us that saw through it, others that did not. And I think there were a lot of people uh, that didn't that it didn't jive with, but it wasn't maybe they didn't have whatever whatever motivation they needed they didn't have to actually stand up and fight. And I guess that's the question I have for you, Grayson, is what was it that motivated you to stand up and fight? Because you could have just done as you were told, put up with the annoyance of the mask and the quarantine and and getting a jab that you didn't think was maybe necessarily helpful uh, and right. potentially harmful, but it would have saved you a lot of trouble, right? I mean, you wouldn't have gotten into trouble all the time. You wouldn't have been uh, dealing with all of the stress and strain that comes from fighting a system that is as systematic as the military is, right? Right. And so having all that stacked against you and then still saying, you know what, I'm going to fight for my freedom. What's the motivation? my wife. We had a long talk because I was the stress. The stress was getting to me at, at certain points. Right. And you're just, you, you just find the, uh, you know, you, you question a lot, you know, when you're by yourself, you, you're with your thoughts. You in, and, and once everyone was going down the rabbit hole or going down the line and saying, all right, I'm just going to get it. Cause they're going to mandate it eventually. Right. Right but they see the problems and they're just not doing anything. And so I can see the writing and, and historically you can see it, right? Tyranny comes in many, many forms, but the same ideology is propaganda, propaganda. Yes. Like you don't have to, you can watch any military movie, you know, and say, Oh yeah, we're the rah, rah, rah. We're the good guys in, but how did we get there? Well, that country fell apart because of propaganda. Yeah. I, you know, the Romans did it, the Greeks did it, the Persians did it. Uh, you just go back in history and you're like, whoa, okay, we're repeating. So right. I knew we're in, we're in a phase of repeat. And I happen to know what 21 U.S. Code 360 B 3 which is authorization for medical products for use in an emergency. 
that's my that's my stepping stone. Once I found out emergency use authorizations and all test kits are EUAs, all masks are EUAs, you know, that's where really solidified, wait a minute, you're breaking the law. It's not just a follow orders, you're breaking the law. And as a someone that's supposed to defend the Constitution and medical ethics on the civilian side with the fire as a firefighter, you know, we're supposed to exceed that that threshold, right. not deteriorate it. Mm-hmm. And so um, pretty fascinating stuff that we have officers that just said, oh, I, I don't want to risk my flight time. You know, I always wanted to be a pilot, you know, just stuff like that you hear. And it's just like, wait a minute, this is bigger than your career. This is bigger than my career. I have three kids. I want, I want them to experience liberty. The constitution affords us liberty, individual liberty, not group liberty, individual liberty. So that's where I stand as far as um, 21 U.S. Code really lays it out. Like, whoa, that's from Nuremberg. Nuremberg time frame. Okay. So that's where I started looking into the Nuremberg, and I was like, oh, <laughs> we've done this before. Yeah. This wasn't that long ago. No, and that's the thing that is so, uh, I, I think, can be very frustrating for people that are, you know, kind of actively in the fight for for freedom. It's been an interesting thing to watch because it went from, and, and really what I feel has happened is they've kind of pushed their cards all out onto the table, and it's and it's awakened a whole lot of people. Oh, I mean, a whole yeah. lot of people, right? Yeah. You got your Peter McCullough's of the world that I mentioned earlier that were you know, pretty much lockstep with the medical system doing, you know, uh, publishing mm-hmm. all the studies and doing all the th- and, and doing wonderful work. The guy's a brilliant, brilliant medical doctor. Right. And yet he recognized that this didn't set right with him. It didn't feel right. They were doing a lot of things and saying a lot of things that weren't medically sound at all. In fact, they were flying in the face of medical research, you know, everything from the masks to the to the vaccines and everything else. And so then he stands up and says, no, this is not OK and risks really put everything on the line, his career, oh, yeah. career uh, yeah. everything that he'd worked for his entire life. It's called a heretic and every other bad name you could call a, a world famous medical doctor and researcher. Right. And he says, you know what, though? Here's the thing. I asked him. I met him at Your Health Freedom in 2021. Uh, we both spoke at that event. I believe you were in attendance at that yeah. event. And I met him afterwards. We had a little dinner party for all the speakers afterwards. And I, I didn't I didn't know the guy. And frankly, I was a bit intimidated by him for a couple of reasons. One is I thought we probably disagreed on darn near everything that has to come with medicine because he was, you know, basically coming from the pharma world, and I was coming from the alternative world and yet we were in this weird medical freedom fight together right coming from two very very different places which i in retrospect is so cool right because this country's so divided now that you you can't you know you want to talk about any topic in politics and there's a left side and a right side and the people on the right. other side of the one you are and i really don't care if you're on the left side or the right side the oh, yeah. people on, on the other side are looking at you like you're nuts and you're looking at them like they're nuts and there's no respect going back and forth. There's just argument. So I thought it was really cool that a guy like me 
and a woman like Kristen Chevrier from Your Health Freedom and a guy like Dr. McCullough could all have a dinner together because we were in a fight that we could all really agree on. And that is that right. we have bodily autonomy and we and that it is a God given right. And when I asked Dr. McCullough, I said, hey, come on Vitality Radio. I really would love to, you know, uh, get your voice heard. This is a guy who'd been on Fox News 20 times at that point. He'd been on every major podcast that there is out there. And Vitality Radio is a, a fairly big show now by comparison to what it was then. But it was pretty small back then. And I just said, I'd love to have you on, but I know you're super busy. Will you do it? And he looked at me and he said, I will go anywhere that will let me speak my mind about this topic because I believe, I'll always remember this, I believe that I am here on God's errand to speak the truth from a position of authority and people need to hear my voice. And if you'll let my your audience hear my voice, you absolutely, I'll be on your show. That is 100%. Uh, he and I are in common step, lockstep on that. Yeah. I wouldn't be here unless God gave me the grace, the courage, and the fortitude he has afforded me uh, that um, I get back to the core value of who I am. And who I am is is my parents worked a lot of overtime to send me to Catholic Jesuit high school, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and I was fortunate enough to have brothers that I can call right now. I haven't talked to them in, you know, I'm 36 years old. I could call them right now and I'd say, hey, what's up, brother? You know? Um, but our motto is men for others, simple men for others. I don't know how else to move on from this is that with such evil, with such, um, they're, like you said, they're pulling out all the stops. So how do I combat that? And that's through love, you know, and, and the ability to, to find your inner self through all this is pretty cool that you know, you usually find, find yourself through hard times, right? Yeah. And, uh, when you're alone and everyone's caving around you and they're criticizing you towards the end of the deployment, at the beginning of the deployment, they're like, oh yeah, it's not mandated. No big deal. Yeah. You can turn it down to, to where the end of the deployment, they're saying you can't go home unless you get it. Yeah. I that's when you that's told me totally. that, that was fascinating to me. What an incredible, uh, statement you're in, East Africa being told that if you want to go home to your family, you got to take this experimental jab, Correct. Correct. whether you believe in it or not. Correct. So you're in Africa. You're told mm -hmm. this. What do you do? I just waited for the paperwork. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> All right. You're going to, you're going to force me. You better put it in the pit. You better document it mm -hmm. because one thing I've learned in my life in the Air Force, this is one thing our branch does better than anyone, in my opinion, is that document, 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 document. Okay. And document some more. Simple. All right. I didn't get an LOR. I didn't get an LOC, you know, letter of counseling, letter of reprimand. I didn't get any of that. But what I did get was uh, one of the highest awards for my service out there because I went over and above the expectations of the air force by teaching an EMT school while I was deployed. Okay. And I got guys certified so they can come home and apply for the civilian fire departments. That's the minimum as EMT for most fire departments is being an EMT. Interesting. You know, emergency medical technician. So right. I, 
went over and above and I taught through Texas, uh, Central Texas College and they afforded me a, a classroom and I got to teach my guys ENT school through the curriculum. So I got awarded. <laughs> yeah. On the one I hand, mean, you're being threatened. And on the other hand, you're being rewarded. That's amazing. Right. So I'm fighting through dodging and weaving. I won't go to the chow hall like I because they were, you know, they were doing uh, at one point they were doing temperature checks. I was like, do you know where we're at? Like we're in East Africa. It's one of the hottest places in the world. Mm -hmm. And you want to do a temperature check on me? Like there was a joke. I, I was like, you know, next thing you know, we're going to have to bend over and they're going to stick a finger in. You know, that's right. that's how that's how bad it was getting. Yeah. And yeah. we saw it on Oh, the reason why it came up is because the Chinese were talking about on the news. So what do you do with a bunch of guys that are left alone in a Ford operating base to joke around about like, Oh, what's next? Right. You yeah. know, it's just the stupidity is, is, uh, is, is quite amazing when none of it's logical. Right. None of it. But and then the threats, the threats just kept coming. So I decided I saw what I saw the writing on the wall because the secretary of defense made a, a statement publicly while I was deployed in July of 2021 stating that, Oh, the minute the FDA approves it, I'm going to put it into play. We're going to mandate it. So this thing's been out less than a year and mm -hmm. he's going to mandate it. Mm -hmm. So then I, I put in my res resignation then to the reserves. I went in, I, I put it in. I knew what was happening because throughout history, I can see the writing on the wall. This isn't going to end well. So anyways, I had to fight tooth and nail to get out. They wouldn't let release me unless I got the shot. And then on my, that your health freedom event is the day I got a call from my reserve unit saying, Hey, you need to come in. I was like, I just moved to Utah. Sorry, bud. And they're like, well, if you don't get the shot, you know, you could, there, there could be repercussions, you know? And I was like, like what? And he's like, well, a dishonorable discharge. And I was like, dude, that's not how the reserves works. No. And you would have, I was like, I'd fight. And I told him straight to his face uh, or on the phone was like, Hey, fine. I'll, I'll see you in court. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not how the system is built to have a violation of the UCMJ. I knew the system. Yeah. Like just, just by acknowledgement and working with uh, OSI and working for NCIS. Do you know how hard it is to kick someone out of the military? It's incredibly difficult. You think federal government's hard? It's it's even harder in the military. Interesting. Yeah. So just that basic knowledge was like more threats, more threats. And that's when I met Kristen. Okay. And then, then it really, if that wasn't rough enough trying to get home without the shot, I had 30 days to rest and recruit move out to Utah because California was getting worse. Um, probably was it early August? I believe if I remember correctly, it was right before I got home. My 13 year old was telling me, Oh yeah, public health officials are offering kids Amazon gift cards to get the shot. Mm -hmm. They're showing up at schools. So I, I, that's when my wife allowed me to apply to get out of the state. Hmm. Interesting. Because in order for me to fight the fight that I need to do, I need to be clear headed and go somewhere where there's a little bit more freedom. Yeah. So one, if I, if I'm, if I'm focused on the fight, my wife needs to be focused on at home. The last thing I want her to worry about is some public official at my kid's school 
and I'm not work, you know, to, right. you know, 48 on. And right. she, she doesn't have the ammo. It's like, I was like, I'm not, not going to, nope, not doing it. And then we got, you know, and like I said, it's, I, I think when we talked before the recording is like, this is probably the hardest, uh, most difficult thing is one, I love serving. I want to continue to serve, but I can't, I can't serve under the current administration nor serve under the current military affairs because they're not listening. Right. Um, and they're not even following the AFI. So if they can't follow a basic AFI, how can they follow the law? And if they're not going to follow a law, what are they following? Yeah. What, what doctrine? And so that's, it's unfortunate that I only got to serve 10 years, but it gave me the, afforded me the opportunity to focus on just my civilian side of things. And that's where Marcus Thornton came into play with feds for medical freedom. And, uh, that happened in November of 21 as well, or September of 21. And that was before all the exemptions and stuff. And we started getting this small group of, Hey, we're getting things together. It's kind of scary. And I had already just been the, through the ringer. Yeah. So then you, so as it stands now though, here we are in, uh, I guess it's May officially now in 2023, yeah. right? So this is like, a uh, pretty far removed from your time in Africa. Yep. You've been in Utah now for quite a while. Um, when did you actually move here? September 12th of 2021. September of 21. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're yeah, year and a half or something like that yeah. since then. And, um, what, it sounds like for people unfamiliar with your story that it's kind of over. You're out of the military. It's all done. You didn't get the shot. And so everything is okay there, but it's not all over. You're currently no. still in the fight. So right. before we wrap up this episode, what is happening right now with the fight um, for you specifically, but then also with like the feds for medical freedom and things like that? Uh, I'm currently still in an EEO. Uh, I filed an EEO complaint in January of 2022 for uh, testing those only unvaccinated in the federal workforce at the Air Force level. So all Air Force was only testing those unvaccinated. Um, so again, getting declared a threat without ever seeing a doctor uh, blows my mind. Um, and my supervisor is not my doctor. Right. So no. Um, so anyways, I filed EEO is equal employment opportunity. And so basically that affords me the opportunity to file harassment claims, discrimination claims based on, um, you know, religion, genetics, race, you know, race, yeah, yeah uh, disabilities, mm -hmm. you name it. And so that was afforded. Um, and through that process, uh, I have come across uh, a congressman here locally, uh, Congressman Trevor Lee, who's helped me a lot, who got me in touch with an attorney. Because up until this point, I wasn't getting any attorneys. You were it was just like fighting this thing on your own, right? So um, to bring this home, um, essentially, I am current in litigation. Um, you know, that's the back and forth stuff. He said, she said stuff right now. So we're we're working through that. Um, what is bigger than just me is that we have eight thousand employees through Feds for Medical Freedom that got an injunction through NBOC. And that is where all 17 judges in the fifth circuit come together and they rule on the merits and the, the, the claim that we're stating that the president doesn't have the authority to mandate this. And it was never, and we won 10 out of, uh, from what I saw, 10 out of 16, it might be 17, 
But 10 out of 10 judges ruled in our favor stating, yeah, the president doesn't have the authority. He doesn't have the jurisdiction because Congress didn't give it to him. Hmm. So, hey, here we are again. Push back. Yeah. You know, there's 8,000 federal employees, Border Patrol, ATF, FBI, you name it. We're all in it. DOD. And that is, as a collective, it shows that in unity, we can push back. Yes. And, and that's where Utah Coalition Freedom, Health Freedom Coalition comes together as well, is that we're just piecing all this together. And then if I can get my story out and say, hey, I'm one of millions in the DOD. And you know how many people have come up to me within my own fire department and have said, hey, uh, you need more information? Like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, you got to fight your own battle. No, he's like, no, I'm got to be clear and concise. You know, when things happen, call it out. We have been, yes, you're right. We are told to do follow orders, but there's also unlawful orders. Right. And unfortunately, AFI 48-110 clearly defines that only a, the president can give an order to remove your right to refuse an EUA if it's for the betterment of the country. And the president didn't give the order. Secretary of Defense did. Hmm. Right there in the literature. Right in our own regulations. So the Secretary of Defense gave the order. So I claim that through... Not only the military side, and I've been fighting with reservists. I have many reservists and active duty that have called me, and I've helped them through the process and say, hey, once the president gives the order, I'll take it. But the president didn't give the order. So the Secretary of Defense is lying. And I'll say it right here on, on film. Secretary of Defense lied to our troops. And on top of it, it was never, never authorized. There was never an approved product. So everything falls under EUA. Right. So what is... So you know, the coercion is unbelievable. And that's where I fall under 18 us code. You know, um, Dr. David Martin gave me that one. I, I, he is, he's a saint because 18 us code two, three, three, one subsection eight Oh two clearly defines coercion as making a population do something they would otherwise not do falls under domestic terrorism. <laughs> so between 21 us code EUAs and you got 18 us code coercion, that writes its own story. And I just, and, and again, like I told you before the show was I haven't been told no yet. Yeah. That's really fascinating because, you know, coming at it from, again, my perspective, you know, just kind of from the outside in looking at military and how all that works. And then of course I had Colonel Pete Chambers on mm -hmm. uh, about a year ago. I got to get him back on too. He's a fascinating guy uh, who of course is not just, in the military, but a military doctor, yes. not just a military doctor, but a green beret. Right. I mean, this and guy's flight a surgeon, pretty yeah. elite dude. Right. Yeah. And he's saying, well, wait a minute. A lot of the same questions you've got pretty much all the same questions I think that you've got and seeing it, you know, as he stated on our, on, on vitality radio, he saw the, uh, injuries happening, right. With, with yeah. the, the men in his, in his, uh, uh, his group there. And, so I think what I want to kind of pull from that is is what you said, and that is that, yeah, you, you, one man can fight. That's essentially where you found yourself. You've been the guy doing this. You're in a lawsuit as a man, not a group of people, right? It's not a right. class action. There are other class actions happening and things like that, yeah. which is fantastic. But one man can stand up and fight. One woman can stand up and fight. And yes. It, it, it behooves all of us who love freedom and I think who love this country and love the Constitution that we 
should be fighting for that freedom, whether we're military or not. And the greatest threat to our democracy, in my opinion, today is actually in office. These people that have been elected and more so the people that they have appointed into all of these uh, various areas, like the Dr. Tony Fallacies of the Fauci's of the world. Lord Fauci? Yeah. You know, I mean, Mr. Science, right? Dr. Science. These people have been given so much power. And yet, as you stated, and this is what I love about this interview, and I really hope people grab a hold of some of the things that you've said. We actually have the protections in place already, right? We have the Constitution, yes, but the Constitution's kind of it's kind of big and 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe not so specific, right? And then right. we have all broad. these, yeah, yeah, broad, right? But then we have all these very specific little things, whether it's in the military or out of the military. These little laws, these little AFIs, these little rules that protect us from the tyranny that is being brought down on us right now. We just have to be aware and we have to be willing to look in their fa- look look back at them in the face and not blink. And those who have done that have been able to stay in the fight, have been able to protect themselves and their families. It hasn't always been easy. A lot of people no. have lost jobs. A lot of people have been booted out of various different places that they wanted to be. Uh, people like you have uh, ended up moving from your home state to a place where you felt like you could fight the fight better uh, and maybe safer. Uh, it's it's not always easy to fight for freedom, but you know you mentioned it. You see one casket in the fight for freedom, and uh, it it can change things. And I think that we've been made in America to be so there seems to be more concern about what's happening on the masked singer or American Idol than what's happening with vaccine mandates and mask mandates and quarantine lockdowns and things like that. We're so entertained that we're not paying attention to the things that really, really matter. And we're being just carefully led away from freedom and, uh, and God. And God, yeah. Because as I stated to you, uh, I think before we started recording, some of this is running together, so I'm not sure what, yeah. what I've said on air and what I haven't said. But I really believe that God gave us these two these two gifts when he put us here. He gave us our bodies, uh, which I consider a temple uh, that we should take care of and that we should treat with, uh, with love and care and take care of this amazing gift that he's given us. And then right. he's given us freedom to do with our body what we choose, right? So if we want to wreck the body, we can wreck the body. we got plenty of options there. Oh, there's plenty, right? yeah. Or yeah. we can protect the body, but we can't protect the body if that freedom is taken away from us. Correct. And many on my other podcast, Dearly Discarded Podcast, uh, people who lined up and got these jabs that have now been permanently injured or in some cases killed, um, they've lost that freedom. They've lost yeah, that freedom. Yeah, you can't freedom. get it out. Yeah, it's it's in there and it, it ain't coming out. And it is an absolutely devastating thing to talk to these people. And yet I'm telling you that all of these people did what they thought was right. They did what they thought was best for the people around them. They were trying to protect their family, their loved ones, uh, their fellow countrymen. It 
it's time, I think, for us to all take a step back and look back on the pandemic, which is not over. There's nope. still a lot of stuff going on over there, Our, right? Yep. And look back on that and see the lessons that we've learned and wake up to some of the things that maybe we weren't so familiar with or aware of at the time. It's not too late to stand up and say, hell no. Right. That's no. not happening here. It's not no, happening in my that's... house. It's not happening in my body. And yeah, and you hit it on the nose. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's 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 the whole premise of liberty. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. We the people. Yep. That's it. I mean, and that 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 nails it on on the head of exactly. I'm blessed and grateful that you gave me the opportunity to to voice voice out. God gave me a gift to to speak up, and and I'm utilizing it. Um, just like Dr. McCullough, right? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're of the same cloth, you know, like you said, God given, God given rights and God given bodies. And so I'm, it's the executive order still in place. You know, they could still appeal it to the Supreme court court, but good luck. I mean, it was a 90 page, uh, 10 judges ruled in our favor, you know, majority um, on the federal employee side of things. Um, another judge, we just, saw another federal court case just took up action because of this court case, getting more at the laws, not just as a president of the authority, but more at the laws uh, in Florida. So now it's going to get, it's going to be fascinating the next five to 10 years, because this is now we're going to get into the weeds. Does the first off, does the president have the authority? No, he does not. Because one of the judges asked a question to the DOJ attorney, and it said, hey, can the judge or can the president affect, uh, regulate obesity or smoking? <laughs> and the DOJ straight up said no, you know, when you're listening on to the, the hearing. Right. So if you can't do that, then how can he put something in your body that you can't undo? Yeah. And so I think huge. that's the whole key, though. We, we, we have to be willing to question we have to be willing to stand up. We have to be willing to, like I say, look them in the eye and not blink and say, this is my body. This is my choice. I get to do what I will with it. And uh, you can't make me. You know, I mean, listen, you have three kids. I got a bunch of kids. And they told me all the time I can't make them eat certain things, right? Yeah. <laughs> These are little kids. And they're like, you don't have the authority to make me eat that. Well, you know what? The president doesn't have the authority to make you take that shot either. And neither does your local health department or any right. of these other guys. So it is time to, I think, reflect back on something that feels like it's over, but it's not. Because something like this can and probably will happen again in the very near future, I believe. And uh, we would just walked through the biggest human experiment in the history of the world, uh, human medical experiment. And yeah. we can't forget the lessons that we've learned from it. And so I honor people like yourself, Grayson, who are willing to stand up even when it creates a tremendous amount of uh, angst. It, uh, you, you didn't mention it too much on the show. You mentioned how amazing your wife is and I, I, near as I can tell, she's just an amazing <laughs> she's, woman. She's my bedrock. And yet, it pushed you guys to the brink at times. You, you said, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the stress and strain of all of this stuff, right? And that's not okay either, right? It's not okay for government mandates to be so incredibly problematic and so 
uh, challenging, that it uh, strains relationships, breaks up families. We saw millions of people's families get just hammered by this stuff, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, families weren't brother and sister. They were vaxxed or unvaxxed, right? Yes. Masked or unmasked. We had to do it at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And so th- th- yeah. my message to, to you listening to the show today is reflect back on what's just happened and recognize that we as a people, as a collective, can actually stand up and put a stop to any of this stuff. None of this stuff has to happen again. We can stop it. We have the ability. We even have the law on our side. We mm-hmm. have the Constitution, and I believe more than anything and above everything else, I believe we have God on our side when we're fighting for truth, when we're fighting for liberty, the things that he gave us. So I encourage you to get involved in your local health freedom organizations, go to rallies, go to uh, events like Your Health Freedom. If you're in Utah and you're not going to Your Health Freedom Symposium in October on the 6th and 7th, you are missing out on not only one of the most amazing symposiums you'll ever be at. Of course, I'll be speaking there, so obviously it's amazing. <laughs> but in all seriousness, th- these things are so vital because when you go into a room with 500 people that feel like you do, you don't feel small anymore. You feel like part of a group that is willing and able to fight back. And we're not alone. There are millions of us that feel this way. And so reflect back, recognize that it is not just your right, but I believe your duty to stand up and let your voice be heard. I almost got thrown off the radio for saying that a couple of years ago. I had and here sh- you are. Yeah. <laughs> We're still here. Yeah. You know, that's the crazy part about it all. And I, I, I try to listen to those positive, you know, positive affirmation, you know, podcasts on Spotify, mm-hmm. you know, and you got the Jockos of the world, you yeah. know, Navy SEAL and you, you know, don't make excuses. Stop making excuses. Yeah. Get to work. There is work to be done to keep our, to carry on the torch. Yeah. The freedom matters. And uh, yeah. health, freedom, and bodily autonomy, I think, maybe above all else. It, we really have been If you don't this... have that, you don't have anything. Right. Absolutely. You can't, there's no, there's no base. And that's, that's part of the other fight of it all, is that there, there has to be a base in order to build on it. And that building block is firm in my household. Hey, I need to know what the hell I'm putting in my body. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we better wrap this thing up. Yes. Um, let's uh, let me just uh, before we close, ask you to let everybody know, um, uh, is there anywhere that you'd like to point people online yes. where they can uh, you know, take part in the fight, where they can follow what you're doing? Uh, wh- where can we send people? Uh, feds for Medical Freedom. Uh and that's org. feds the number four and we'll have these links yeah. in the show description so yes, if please. you're if you're listening uh and you're driving or whatever look at the show description when you can and you can click on these links and find these places yes yeah, so feds for medical freedom that's part of the organization i'm with uh make americans free again that's dr pam popper she's actually suing uh eco health alliance the um that's the big organization in wuhan so she's doing great work um for all you military guys out there covidpenalty.com. Uh, Brian Ward is doing fantastic work and has all the DODIs, AFIs, army regulations, everything you possibly imagine. Um, and also I can't, I can't not, 
uh, even though I'm not part of their organization, I'm with them as a firefighter is firefighters for freedom. Uh, those are the LA city guys that are, um, they didn't, they didn't ask for it. So <laughs> they just, you know, but, um, right now feds for medical freedom, if you can donate, that'd be huge because we're not just going after whether the president has the authority or not. We're going after a lot bigger fish now, So it's more specific. Awesome. So, so there's more legislation that we need help with as a collective to move forward. And, and as you can see, we've already, we've already proven we're, we're right. Uh, you know, thus far, you know, and we got all these thousands and thousands of employees still hired, still employed to carry on the fight on the federal level. So, um, and also your health freedom, you know, locally here, here in Utah, Yeah, like we can't, I can't under, I never did this alone. And God gave me these organizations to help, help me carry on the individual fight, but also collectively. And like you said, Kristen, she's a godsend. She's truly she's, amazing. She's, woman. Yes. And everyone needs to, to help. Um, because what happens here in Utah will expand in health freedom because we're making moves. Yeah. Yeah. Every state matters. Um, every legislature matters. Uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of precedents that can be set in an individual state or even an individual county or city. Uh, what's happening in, on your local level level matters on the national level as well. Get involved Stand up, don't blink, and you know what's right and what's true and what's best for you far, far, far better than anybody in office Yep. in any place in this world. So do what's right for you. Call that a warrior warrior ethos. Yeah, absolutely. Grayson, my friend, it is so good to have met you just a week or so ago and now have you on the show and really get to know you over the last couple of hours that we've been able to talk. I honor what you're doing and appreciate it very, very much because I do believe that your individual fight uh, is going to set precedence for so many other things to come. And uh, heck, even if all you do is maintain your own freedom which you've been able to do through this process the fight is worth it but i think you're going to uh, it's going to bleed over and help a lot of other people as well and i appreciate that very much well thanks for having me i really appreciate it all right so i uh could have people like grayson on all day long and never get sick of talking to him i just love people who are willing to stand up and fight in the face of tyranny. And uh, I hope that you listening have been inspired to do just that because this fight isn't over. And uh, it I don't know that it'll ever be over. I kind of think it won't. Uh, but uh, yeah. we are winning in ways that we've never won before. Uh, people have been awakened in ways that they never were before. Uh, and I believe that uh, the backlash against these uh, people that want to take our liberty is more powerful than it's ever been before. So let's keep up the fight. Thank you so much for listening to me. And uh, if you have questions about anything you've heard on this show or any other show, just call us at Vitality 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or jump online, vitalitynutrition.com. And if you'd like to support the uh, organizations that uh, we just discussed with Grayson, they are in the show description. Please share this show and do something about what you've heard. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. 
In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.